Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so we're starting now. Okay. So we are back on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Before we jump into our underrated performer and um, power pairs, I want to thank everybody who came and saw us on Saturday on Mill Street Day, especially Tim. Tim came to visit us. Mm-hmm. hung out with us for a while um if you're watching or listening to us for the first time since seeing us on saturday welcome um yeah and we're we're ready to talk we got lots of brewers discussion today uh it's going to be the second sorry the third and fourth the second half of the series with the cubs and then we have the series with the cincinnati reds and then a little bit later eric agnew from miller park minute will be joining us to discuss brewers trade targets so that'll be That'll be definitely a good portion of the show is going to be discussing those trade targets. So that's definitely going to be some good content there. Mm-hmm. What did you think about Saturday? Did you enjoy it? You have fun? That was uh that was a different experience. Yes, I had fun. Uh definitely a lot of learning going on for both mm-hmm. of us, I'll say. Uh it was really fun to to meet Tim. He pulled the fast one on me. I never got to meet Tim in real life yet. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm pointing over. I'm like, dude, this guy already has on the fan locks. And you're like, oh, hey, that's Tim. And I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. And, uh, that was that was cool to meet Tim. Um, it was really cool to just uh, kind of talk to just random people and, you know, just the general public, I should say, and then give our mission, right? Uh, talk about our show. So, obviously, it's something that we both love. Uh, we got to – I got to meet Tyler from uh, Wisco Ball in real life. So, I want to give him a special thanks as well. Uh, got to meet uh, – Another lady that I didn't know from Mental Health America Lakeshore. So that was uh, that was cool. We had a lot of fun just chilling. Uh, it wasn't too bad of a day. It wasn't super hot. So, hey, it was nice. <laughs> nice here. Nice uh, to meet you, Taylor too. guy in the comments saying it's nice to meet us. <laughs> yeah, it was. Hey, I had a great time seeing you at the Brewer game, man. That was also a fun event. We got we got tickets to another game coming up here on the 21st against yeah, the Braves. So, yeah, I'm – I'm excited, dude. We got we got a lot of stuff coming up here that's just gonna definitely just, a lot. So also, it's gonna be Christmas and we don't know what's happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> Packers will be ten and zero. It was, you know. Yeah. Um, Taylor it was cool meeting you in person. It's it's cool to meet people who appreciate what we're doing, um, and it's cool to to meet people who, and this is what I think is probably my biggest takeaway from Saturday is meeting people who appreciate our concept mm-hmm. of wanting to make more positive fan bases uh, and really, really oppose the negativity on social media as it relates to Wisconsin sports. And then as we can relate it to life. So mm-hmm. I appreciated hearing that we're talking to this lady and she's asking us questions, asking us questions. And, um, you know, she's like, um, she's like, Oh, so why are you guys doing this? And she keeps asking us questions Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, she's like, I love all of this. And then she tells us that she's a therapist and she's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I love that you guys are doing this. That's awesome. And it's like, oh, cool. So like a person who's a therapist thinks that the way that we're doing things is, is cool. That was, that was a validating experience for me. Yeah. That, uh, that was kind of like, a, oh, wow. Like this, 
this woman who like studies this kind of stuff, like studies uh-huh. this field, like she uh, she likes our vision, she likes our show. She said she's gonna give us a follow. Hopefully, she did, and we had a bunch of followers. You can't really see the names on there after they follow you, but um, hopefully, she's one of them. Uh, we got recognized by just a, a random yeah. family just walking yeah, around. Like, cool. Hey, man, how you doing? And you know, we're talking to them. And they're like, <laughs> oh, hey, I, I follow your show, and I'm just like, oh, this this is it, dude. Pretty soon that'll be an everyday thing, but uh, right. for now it's cool with, with the scragglers, you know. Right, <laughs> Taylor. I mean, there's going to be two chances to see us live and in person in August. Once in Green Bay and once in New Holstein. If you have the opportunity to get up here, uh, James. I appreciate you watching the show as well. You're, I mean, James is a Saints fan. He's a Celtics fan. He's a Red Sox fan, but he still tunes into our show. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that too, James. Great. All righty, you ready to get into some Brewers power pair and underrated performers? I am. If you are. <laughs> All right, give me your power pair and your underrated performer. All right, so power pair hitter is a guy that we were talking about last week, and all of a sudden he decided to go nuclear. And it was like every time I watched him hit last week, I was just like, God, we are just so freaking smart, dude. It's Willie Adamas, uh, six of twenty. Um, he w- he had he scored five runs, had two doubles, four home runs, eight RBIs. The timing and the balance on his swing was back, and he looked absolutely phenomenal. This week, uh, they talked a lot this week on him watching the pitch clock because you don't have to report back to the pitcher till nine seconds. And that has helped his timing out. So he started doing that probably two, three weeks ago. And you could see the wheels turning and all of a sudden the leg timing started getting better. And all of a sudden the power is back and he just he looked awesome. Hey, Brett, how you doing, buddy? Um, Willie Adamas, he had slashes of 300 average a 318 on base percentage, a thousand slugging percentage and a 1318 OPS. So I mean pretty damn good if we can get that Willie Adams for the rest of the year, we're going to be in good shape, especially you know with what we're getting back and maybe we get one of our three t- trade targets that we're all going to talk about in a little bit here. Uh Tyler, I know you did your research, man. You're a you're a crazy guy, man. You you had to whittle it down to 6, which is crazy. Um my my power pitcher, I went with Joel Piamps. Um, this is Tyler's guy, so I kind of sniped him from you uh, just for this week. But he was absolutely great. The, uh, the bullpen over the 17-day stretch was crazy, um, how they were able to stretch that out. And uh, Craig Council working that and Chris Hook as well working with the guys. So, I mean, absolutely tremendous stuff going 17 straight days as thin as they were. We had to use the bullpen every day, high leverage situation. So that's just insane. Tyler Einstein. I like that. Tyler Einstein. I might start calling you that now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Piamps had one save, two holds. He had three innings pitched, one hit given up, four Ks, and a 0.33 whip. So, damn. My underrated performer, I went with uh, Joey Suck My Weemer. Um, I like saying that every time he cranks a homer, it's like, suck my Weemer, you know? Um, (laughs) <laughs> five of 15 this last week he scored three runs the home run he absolutely belted on friday night versus the cincinnati reds three rbis and a stolen base he was slashing 333 412 on base percentage a 533 slug and a 945 ops love it yes the power of the mullet baby power of the mullet so i'm, I'm gonna go back up and first of all when you said willie adamas for your power pair I think you texted and said it to me in person probably four times over the five games that happened between last Wednesday and this Wednesday that we look smart for what we said about William Thomas last week. Dude, you could just – I'm telling you, we, we both were like 
We're, we live over an hour away, but our eyes saw the same thing, and we were saying it last week, and I love it. Um. So Brett's here. Brett made a comment. He said he can't wait to get Woody back and Ashby. Yeah. Jake and I didn't forget Ashby. Jake is a big no, Ashby no. guy. I love um, that. Asked about how we feel about the Brewers pick of Brock Wilkin. Um, dude's got tons of power. Uh, the Brewers um, director of scouting development said that uh, he might have had the best power in the draft. I do think that Jake and I are probably going to wait until probably early August to actually discuss the draft picks. Um, the Major League Baseball deadline to sign picks is July 25th, and the Brewers did draft a, a pretty hefty dose of high school players. So we'll kind of wait until until it all shakes out to see who's going to come to the Brewers organization and who's going to like to honor their commitments to colleges and things like that. So we're probably going to wait a little bit to uh, to really dive into the Brewers draft picks. But um, I wanted to say what's up to Isaac. Isaac's another guy who, who watches our show. We have one team in common, and we talk about that team on Friday nights. But Isaac's still here despite being an, an Angels and Clippers fan. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, Tim said WTF. I'm assuming – He's talking about the uh, suck my Weimer comment. I like Dude, to do good. more. I think it's from it's from accepted when he goes, ask me about my wiener. But he <laughs> asked me about my Weimer. Um, yeah, that's what Tim said. <laughs> um, Isaac said next outing, we should hand out Yelich apology forms. Man, the response to those is hilarious to me. Because obviously you get people that, you know, were actually supportive of him throughout his injury seasons and through not playing well, um, which we appreciate that there's people like that. And then you get the people that are, I'm not apologizing. He's still not worth $26 million a year. So then I made a second post of the Christian Yelich apology form that Fangraphs, a very trusted statistics website, has him currently valued at $24 million for the season. So he's not far off. If he continues the trajectory he's on, he's easily going to make it past that twenty or that twenty-six million mark. Um, Michael said, "Hey guys, love the content. Yelich toe tap is back, make, uh, making the naysayers eat their words. That's what the apology form is for. So happy that he's seen the corner and make impact plays every game. That and hitting the ball hard. It's it's been fun as as Yelich defenders. We've been appreciating it. Um, Brett said he can't wait for the trade trade deadline." I mean, we got ideas. We got ideas for the Brewers. I think where the Brewers are, where they are in the division, uh, they're they're going to be buyers more than sellers. So we got some guys. The, the six guys that I have on my list, I think all make sense. Uh, I don't have any, like, wish list, quote-unquote, kind of guys. Yeah. Um, what's what up, up Simon? Simon? He'll be on with us on Friday night as well, mm-hmm. um, which we will we will get to. Okay. Yeah, Jay can hand off to someone who's a win expert. Dude, he every time I talk about him, he goes, "He's not worth the contract." Yes, he is, dude. Like, just stop, man. Like, he was worth it like, in 2018 and 2019 alone. He's like, he's like, he was on steroids. He doesn't come close to those numbers. He was not on steroids. Slick told me he's a Marquette. Slick told me he's a Marquette fan. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I am a fan of Marquette. It's on the original logo on the hat here, but. I'm a fan of both. That's how I grew up. Um, oh, Brett said, I really think we need some solid relievers for helping the sixth, seventh innings. Stay tuned, Brett. I got guys. I got guys for that. All right. I'm going to give my power pair and my underrated performer. I have Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jake and I were deciding who was going to take who for power pairs and underrated performers, we were basically like Yelich and Adamas are the only ones. 
Um, <laughs> Isaac said he had to fire back with something. Um, Yelich was six for 21 over the last week, 286 batting average, not, not quite lighting the world on fire like he was, but his hit streak did extend. Um, had two doubles, four RBI, a home run, and two walks. Uh, for my power pitcher, I went with Wade Miley. He pitched six innings, four hits. Uh, did have three walks. Those all came in one inning against the Reds and tied his season high with eight strikeouts back, uh, going all the way back to April 16th against the Padres. Michael said a few Burns trades that popped up are complete jokes. No way we're trading him this year for a bunch of young guys. We're not in rebuild mode. And I Bro. absolutely agree. Bro, have you seen some of the Orioles trades and then read the comments on there? They're like, I'm not giving this guy up. I'm not giving this guy up. I'm like, well, then you're not getting Corbin Burns. Simple as that. <laughs> um, Glad we can come to an agreement. <laughs> Brett said, boo, Clippers. <laughs> Brett, he's he's a Lakers fan, so we, I, we yeah. give him crap for liking the Clippers more than the Lakers. That's yep. what the inside joke is. Yep. He'll agree with but you on the Blue Clippers. He though. did still say, I hate any L.A. teams. Isaac is a is an Angels fan and a Lakers fan, so he does have I don't actually hate the Angels. Against. I don't hate the Angels. I don't either. hate the Angels either. I do hate the Dodgers, though, and that's an L.A. I absolutely hate the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers with a burning passion. Um, Isaac doesn't boo the Clippers. They run L.A. <laughs> See, I told you he would agree Blue Clippers. He said Blue Clippers. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so for my underrated performer, I went with Bryce Terang. Um, he's been back and in 11 games since returning. Uh, he's seven – sorry, he has hits in seven of 11 games. It's not bad, actually. So he was three for 12 last week. It's just a 250 batting average. He did have a double and a triple and drew three walks. And we know – we know that you're going to get elite-level defense from Bryce Terang. Did not leave. Love that. So the defense, seven hits. Sorry, seven games with hits out of 11 since returning. So I went with Bryce Durang as my underrated performer. All righty. Let's get these. Let's get this ugly game from the Cubs series out of the way. This was a super annoying game uh, just because of the way that it ended. But I'll let you give your thoughts and then we'll talk about it after. Oh, man. Well. We wasted a really, really good Adrian Hauser start. Another one, by the mm-hmm. way. He's been – he might be underrated at this point, to be honest sure. with you, after the you year sure. he had last year. Um, five innings pitch, six hits, three walks, one earned run, and four Ks. And I know that you're going to have much more on the, the pitching right. breakdown. So I'm going to leave the pitching for you. Um, In terms of – Williams first blown save at home, his second of the year. His first this is the first time he gave up runs all season at home, by the way. Uh for the Brewers fans that were saying that the fucking sky is falling. It mm. is not. Okay. And yes, Taylor, the whole series was like that. That series yeah. was bonkers. Drunk. Yeah, I was, was just drunk. gonna say I'm gonna use Tyler's term and say that the series was drunk because it one hundred percent was. Mm-hmm. Um they had one perfect hit that literally landed in the one area where there was not a human being. That's how the inning started. And then they had a the weakest grounder down the third baseline that I've ever seen in my life. I'm I have the exit velocities if you want them. Well, what's the exit velocity on the second one? Okay, I'll give you I'll give you Bellinger's single first because Yellen because it is it is at least funny. Uh, Bellinger's leadoff single was a sixty nine point two exit velocity. When you said it was funny, I already knew the answer. <laughs> um, it was it was a defensive swing, um, and he had seen a ton of curveballs. Yeah, he, the double. Or sorry, the single. Um, 
58.4 miles per hour off the bat. And the only reason that he was safe, because I think Brian Anderson could throw him out easily. If he's playing even with the bag, he was behind the bag and the ball was barely moving. And then it was a, it was just a really good at bat. And you know, it, it happens. We threw the ball around a little bit and we looked silly for a second, but, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's okay. Cause it's not right. They're a professional baseball team. There's people who have a little bit more composure than that, but in the middle of a 17 game, 17 day stretch, do you understand how fried your brain is at that time? Stretched. You ever yes. work 17 days straight? And I get not all of them are, but right. But to even be at work. Yeah. I don't want to be at work for five straight days. Who the hell wants to go to work 17 straight days? Like seriously. Um, and they're in the middle of that. They're in the middle of a bunch of day games, a bunch of division games. Holiday. I mean, would we, we have 13 straight division games, right? Including the next series, right? Yes. 13 yep. straight division games. I just wanted to fact check because I know Encyclopedia over there knows the answers. <laughs> um, yeah, it was be miserable. I'd be miserable too. And people that are going to bring up the, the, they make so much money. I don't care. It's still a grind. And again, I brought up the dog days of summer. This is legitimately the dog days of summer. 100%. You're on the hot hottest part of this. Hot as hell. Yep. That, that entire was week. That was, that was my favorite. That was my next point is it's hot. You're in the middle of a grind. You're in the middle of playing how many days in a row. I mean, the mental capacity to deal with all that stuff is just insanity. So this loss sucked. It did. And Willie Adamas had a home run in this game. Uh, Anderson and Contreras had two out RBIs in this game. So those are the positives, right? Um, but it, it was just a shitty loss and you move on to the next day. And that's what grownups do. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to start with Hauser. Um, Tim has a good idea. He said ice bath daily. Taylor said encyclopedia can be my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with Hauser. So, first pitch, sorry. He threw a lot of sinkers in the beginning of this game. Um, he got Swanson to fly out on a first pitch sinker in the first inning. Threw in second inning, threw Bellinger a sinker um, that he singled on. Got a fly out on another sinker and then got a strikeout on a high four seam fastball. That is a trend. The high four seam fastball, Hauser was eating them alive with it. Cubs couldn't handle it. Um, so getting into the third inning, he gives up a leadoff hit by pitch on a slider, um, gets a fly out, and then Suzuki gets an infield singer off of a infield single, sorry, off of a sinker. Um, and the Cubs hit first and third with one out. Hap delivered a single on a low sinker, made it one to nothing Cubs. Um, and then Swanson, almost the exact same pitch that he just threw to Hap, gets him to gun into a double play. Hap wasn't very good with the bat, in my opinion, but he was really good on defense in the series. That's fair. Um, really only missed on one pitch in the fourth inning. The fifth inning started off with a seven-pitch walk. He missed with the sinker. Um, he just missed high and outside twice in that inning. Um, eighth inning, sorry, not eighth inning. Jeez, eighth pitch. Um, Hauser gets Swanson to gone into another double play with a low sinker. So, I mean, Hauser, his sinker and four seam fastball combination was fantastic. Uh, his slider. Curveball, changeup were okay. He did get better with his curveball as the game went on. 
But for Hauser to go five innings pitched, give up six hits and three walks, and only have four strikeouts and leave with one earned run, that's great work by Adrian Hauser. Mm-hmm. To get two double plays off of Dansby Swanson also, who is arguably the Cubs' best hitter. And the biggest brewer killer, dude. Jesus. Um, absolutely no complaints about Adrian Hauser. Agreed. So top of the first, sorry, bottom of the first inning, Christian Yelich led off with a single. He was stranded. Bottom of the second, Brewers went one, two, three. Um, bottom of the third, and Andrew Monasterio led off with a single, got to second on Christian Yelich ground out, and then William Contreras delivered an RBI single to right field, tied the game at one to one. Now here's here's why I want to bring this current at bat up because Andrew Monasterio is on second base, single to the outfield. Andrew Monasterio gets sent around third and scores. I didn't hear any complaining about the runner being sent. Or about bunting. Oh, we're getting there. You just hold your horses. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) The point that I'm making here is that third base coach is really only one of those things where you hear about it when there's a problem. You can, you can go 161 games this season where nobody says a damn thing about Jason Lane or even knows who he is, but one game, two base running, you know, putouts, fire that guy. Yep. Like, we really just got to put some stuff into perspective here is really what I want to get at. Yeah. No complaining about sending runners when it works, only when it doesn't. We just can't, we just can't do that. It just doesn't work that way. We can't only complain about stuff when it doesn't work. And I said this when we talked about this game last week was that you can't be aggressive if you know it's going to work and conservative when you know it's not going to work because you know how the game ends. That's true. You don't know how it's going to end while you are playing it. So you have philosophies, you have strategies. That is what sports is about. It's, it's not something you can go into a time machine and be like, nope, we're not going to send this runner because Hat make two good throws. Yeah, right. It, it doesn't work like that. So you got to just take that shit in stride once in a while and learn to continue moving on. And it's the same thing that I'm going to be kind of the same mindset that I'm going to talk about in the ninth inning with Devin Williams. Mm-hmm. So... Bottom of the fifth, Brian Anderson let off with a single. Christian Yelich got a two-out single. Both of them were stranded. Um, top of the sixth is when Hobie Milner came in, got a one-two-three inning, uh, threw four curveballs to Bellinger. So I mentioned when you were talking about him that Bellinger had been seeing a lot of curveballs. Throwing a lot of curveballs. <laughs> All right. Um, Taylor said rather take those shots and miss than not. You miss 100% of shots you don't take. And that's – and, Taylor, you watched our show – so you would know that like two weeks ago when we were talking about how to improve the offense, one of the things that I brought up and I hold I hold firm on this is aggressive base running. Mm-hmm. And Jake references the the batting averages and the on-base percentages of the Brewers and hitting with scoring runners in scoring position. All of those factors make me want to be more than normally aggressive on the bases. Right. So I'm I'm going to continue to hold firm on on aggressive base running. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I try. <laughs> so, bottom of the sixth inning, Willie Adamas let off with a solo shot to the bullpen. 
made the game two to one. That was 105 miles an hour off the bat. That was his first home run since June 23rd. Jesus. He needed that one. Jesus. Um, Taylor said being aggressive can cause the opposition to panic and make more mistakes. And that's what it does. It puts the pressure on the defense. It forces them to make a play. Yeah. Said that definitely this season, and I know I said it last season too, force them to make plays. Um, after Willie Adamas, that sorry, that that slot. Hmm, I almost spoiled it. The pitch that he hit the home run off of, do you know what it was? A slider. It was a slider. <laughs> I brought up just a couple weeks ago, I went through all the Brewers batting order individually and I looked where guys could improve. And Willie Adamas was was available to improve on sliders. He's batting 169 against sliders in 2023. Mm. Hit a dinger off a slider. That is the type of thing that gets Jake and I super encouraged and feeling like Willie Adamas is turning a corner because he's succeeding where he has struggled. And lefties. That too. So Andrew Monasterio followed it with a single. Um, he was sorry, no. Jemai Jones followed it with a single. He stole second base. Brian Anderson had an RBI single, swinging at the first pitch, made the game three to one. The Brewers scored all three of those runs versus left-handed pitching, like Jake said. Andrew Monasterio followed that with a single, and two men were stranded. Top of the seventh, Hobie Milner still in, gets the first two outs. Mejia comes in, gets the third out. Bottom of the seventh, um, goes. Leadoff walk, ground in the double play, and then Piamps came in for the top of the eighth. He gave a one-two-three inning. Bottom of the eighth, Brewers left two walks stranded. And then top of the ninth, Bellinger, his leadoff single, 69.2 miles an hour off the bat. Like I said, a defensive swing because he had seen a lot of curveballs from Adrian Hauser and from Hobie Milner. The following single was 58.4 miles an hour off the bat. It was a good location on the fastball. Um, and then a double on a fastball on the outer third of the plate. I do think that Devin Williams could have located this one a little bit lower. But even still, that double was only 86 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah, I know. So that tied the game at three. Brian Anderson made a bad throw. Um, he had played really good defense up to that point in the game. Um and he did say after the game, he said, I need to make that throw 10 times out of 10. And then bottom of the ninth inning, Brewers went strikeout, strikeout, lineup. So this game, to me, what I took away from it was somewhat encouraging, but also unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to have three runs versus left-handed pitching, Willie Adamas to hit a home run off of a slider, Brian Anderson, Christian Yelich, and Andrew Monasterio to all have two hits, Adrian Hauser to be very good, Um Brewers only drew three walks, but they also only struck out seven times. So I will take that. I mean, really just outside of the end result, a pretty encouraging baseball game, I'll say. Yeah, and I was in the comments, and I actually word for word said what you said in the comment section on a lot of Brewer groups. Because a lot of people were like, can't believe Devin Williams gave the lead. Can't believe he blew the save. I was like, I feel like he was more unlucky than bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, Like those those type of hits that you get on base and then – you know, that was a good battle he had, but guy just got a good hit. He found grass, and that's what they did. So, I mean, it happens, man. You move on to the next one, right? So, I'm going to look up how many saves Devin, or Josh Hader had blown in the first half of last season because Devin Williams has two. Devin Williams yep. has two. You want me to start on the on the 6-5 game? Um, Josh Hader this season has four. Four. 
already. Huh. Yep. I think I saw a thing that said uh, the Cardinals have like have like ten or fifteen or whatever. Try twenty. 20. Yeah, twenty blown saves. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's an excessive amount. That's all right. Yes, let's uh, let's do game four of the Cub series. All right, so we get my man fastball Freddie versus Marcus Stroman. That's a really really good pitching matchup, to be honest with you. Um, you get Freddie fastball and his curveball, and then you get Stroman's uh, power sinker. I mean, that's uh, that's that's tough for for hitters, especially yeah. when the when the <clears throat> the Shade starts coming in from. I almost wanted to call it Miller Park. I've been calling him Miller Park all week. Uh, I mean, America the guy that we're having on the show today is Miller Park Minute, so I feel like that's maybe. Yeah, it could be, but I just I keep calling it Miller Park. Um, yeah, so Peralta, this I mean, he had three walks, but eh, he had ten strikeouts, so that's a good ratio for me. Yes. Um, five and a third, four hits, three earned runs, three walks, and ten strikeouts. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, Bryce Wilson, uh, two thirds of an inning. He comes in for Peralta, gives up zeros across the board, has two Ks. Uh, Paguero, an inning pitch, zeros across the board, two Ks. So there's a nice trend happening with those two guys right there. Um, Mejia, Mejia, oh my God, Mejia, and Piamps. Um, Piamps was locked down. This is the one hit that he gave up this week, by the way, was in this game. After that, he didn't give up a hit. Um, they, they were okay. Um, I expect I expect a hiccup every once in a while from the bullpen, so it's right. okay. Um, Yelly decided to go Apo Taco, so that was exciting. Uh, Carantini with another home run, a big boy home run, by the way. Mm-hmm. And after this home run, you texted me that he is developing a very nice clutch gene, and I 100% agree with you. Um, Adamas with another RBI, Weimer with an RBI. So the Brewers, like I said. They took the shitty loss and they moved on to the next day. So, like men, they responded and they got a big time W splitting the series. They honestly could have won all four games. Right. And the Cubs probably feel the same way. The Cubs probably feel like they could have won all four games. So, for us to split, it makes perfect sense. We're still leading the season series because we took two out of three in the opening series. So, you know, you, you raise your hands, you go, it is what it is. That was crazy baseball. And you move on to the Reds. All four of these games were decided in the eighth inning or later. Yeah. That's yeah, that's nuts. nuts. You're talking that about um, 30, because they went to they went to the 11th inning, so that's two extra. So they're talking about 38 innings of baseball and essentially 10 of them deciding all four outcomes. That's crazy. That is crazy. You're talking about 25% of innings less than that deciding yeah. four games. Wow. So, Freddie Peralta started off with a leadoff strikeout, all four seam fastballs. Mm-hmm. Got a fly out through two more fastballs and then gave up a nine pitch walk that should have been a strikeout. The pitch that was called a ball was in the top third of the zone on Hap. Um, did get Suzuki swinging on the next pitch. Uh, four out of the five pitches were fastballs. Brewers went one, two, three, bottom of the first inning. Top of the second, a pair of doubles gets the Cubs on the board, and then one, two, three, following those two doubles, mm-hmm. um, including two more strikeouts, one on the high 
four-seam fastball, like I mentioned the day before with Hauser. Uh, one of them was on the low outside third of the plate. Uh, was a slider by Freddie Peralta. Not one of his main pitches, so that was a great work by him. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the second, a leadoff single by Owen Miller. Stole second. He, he was stranded. Top of the third, another leadoff. Um, another leadoff strikeout in the upper third with the four-seam fastball. So if you're trying to beat the Cubs, like throw high fastball on two strike counts. They can't lay off. Yeah. Uh, followed by a hit by pitch, uh, threw a walk to Ian Happ, and then two more strikeouts. Um, and then, so Freddie Peralta, seven strikeouts through three innings pitched. Yeah, he was. I mean, the pitch count was high, but he was mowing them down. I mean, I mean, you toss in a couple of walks and some and some hits to go with seven strikeouts, and yeah, it doesn't surprise me that his pitch count was high. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the third, Brewers went single walk, ground into double play for the second and third outs was kind of unfortunate. Top of the fourth inning, Freddie Peralta works a one-two-three inning um, after a leadoff single, gets another strikeout on a high fastball. <laughs> Bottom of the fourth, the Brewers went one, two, three. Top of the fifth, the Cubs went one, two, three. Struck out Ian Happ to end the inning. Bottom of the fifth, Tapia let off of the single, stole second base. Christian Yelich, I mean, sorry, 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 sorry. I skipped a line. Tapia let off, stole second. Victor Caratini drew a one-out walk. And then Joey Weimer delivered a two-out single. And again, no complaints about sending Tapia. No complaints about sending the runner around third because it's True. only you only complain about it when it doesn't work. Christian Yelich then followed with a massive home run off of Stroman. The Brewers scored four runs with two outs. Um, just Christian Yelich, just insanely hot. Like he's there's, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's a few weeks of success after three years of sucking. Try two months. Christian Yelich has literally been hot for two whole months. It's been very good. Like since like May 5th, he's been like top five hitters in baseball. Pretty damn good. So following that, two more walks after the home run. Those two were stranded. Suzuki in the top of the sixth. Give him credit. He drew a nine-pitch walk. He did a good job with plate discipline there. Freddie Peralta responded with a with a strikeout of Christopher Morrell, and then Bellinger hit a home run on a changeup that Freddie Peralta hung middle middle. Um, change-ups have been a pitch that have gotten Freddie Peralta into some hot water. Um, we've, we've talked about it in previous starts and he definitely just missed his spot with a change-up and right down the middle to a guy like Bellinger, um, kind of like a home run derby pitch, even though it was, you know, in the upper eighties, but, um, not a pitch that a guy like Cody Bellinger is going to miss. No, not very often. And he's on fire too, by the way. Right. And if, and if he does miss that pitch, you consider yourself lucky because, Freddie missed his spot with that changeup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a pitch that he's got to just keep working on um, or really only use in, you know, strategic points of the game. Um, out of all the pitches that Freddie Peralta threw, he only threw 10 changeups. If he can develop a changeup with that fastball, dude, that could be disgusting. That'll make his 96, 97 mile an hour fastball look like 98, 99. Yeah. And it might not sound like a big difference, but there's a difference. There is. So ended his day at five and a third inning pitch. And like you mentioned, Bryce Wilson came in, immediately got two strikeouts, which was great work by him. Bottom of the sixth, 
Brewers got a two out walk by Victor Caratini and a double by Bryce Terang stranded. Um, I didn't look how many, but there was a lot of guys left on base in the series. Um, yes, yes, there was. Not just for the Brewers either. It was really both. Teams. No. Yep. Top of the seventh, Paguero came in. One, two, three inning, two strikeouts, one on a slider, one on a sinker. Elvis Paguero, we're, we're going to talk about him more, but he's been fantastic. Almost, and I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say this, but almost makes the Renfro trade worth it on its own. Uh, it's pretty close. Bottom of the seventh, Christian Yelich led off of the walk, stole second, gets the third on the throw, scores on a Willie Adamas sack fly. Really just a run generated by Christian Yelich on the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to draw the leadoff walk, steal second, get to third on the throw, and then score on the sack fly. That sack fly would have just been a fly out had Yelich not gotten to third base. True. I put the Brewers up five to three. Uh, Winker drew a walk, and then Brewers went two down strikeouts. Top of the eighth, Mejia came in, like you said, gave up a single, got a ground into a double play following that, and then gave up a single and a home run um, with two outs. Neither were really bad pitches. Um, it's just Mejia kind of got caught as a guy who got just kind of got hit. Yeah. Um, tied the game at five. Bottom of the eighth, Victor Caratini, like you said, like – like you said that I said, the dude has been super clutch. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way around it. And this was on a one-two count. And the Cubs pitcher, he missed bad, and Victor Caratini made him pay for it. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of those pitches that they call the concrete mixer. It spins but doesn't move. Um, You mentioned Piams. He came in for the top of the ninth. He worked around a leadoff single, retired the next three batters. And the Brewers split this series with the Cubs. A very, very weird series. That's really really all you say about it. As a baseball fan, it was exciting. Uh, as a Brewers fan, we had some exciting moments and some hurtful moments. But splitting with them after everything that happened in this series was honestly probably best-case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely could have been worse. Yeah. It definitely could have been better. And like you said, I gr- I'm glad you said it because I agree with you. Both teams probably feel like they could have won all four. Yep. Um. Brewers did only have six hits in this game, but they also drew seven walks. Freddie Peralta was fantastic. He went five and a third innings, four hits, three walks, only three earned runs, um, and did have the 10 strikeouts, like you said. Mm -hmm. And Freddie Peralta's fastball was just fantastic. Just fantastic. He set a new season high, new season and career high, I believe, on swings and misses. 28 whiffs. Whips that was also there. the fifth most in baseball this season. Ooh. Ha! Happening against the Cubs. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready to talk Brewers Reds? I am, because I feel like this is going to be, uh, you know, if we would have lost this game, what ended our season, you know, that's what somebody told me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, game two already ended our season. It was already over, so I don't even know why we yeah. bothered winning the third game. Yeah, I don't know either. It makes no sense to me. You know, we're only a game behind for the division, but our season is over because we're never going to recover. But, you know, here we are. So, anyways, let's break this down. Corbin Burns was doing Corbin Burns things, kind of. I think he could have been a little bit better. The four walks doesn't look very pretty. Um, And I've said this before. I have uh, higher standards for some players than others. And Corbin Burns, you want to Cy Young, so I have higher standards for you. Um, 
it's not to say that he can't have some some little hiccup starts like this. This to me would be a hiccup start for him. Two earned runs. That sounds ridiculous, but I he could literally just mow everybody down and have zero earned runs. That's just how good he is. Um, Corbin Burns, though, six innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, the four walks and six Ks. I mean, that's a good start. It's a, it's a solid start. You give your chance, you give your team a chance to win. Uh, Holby Milner again. This guy was on fire on Friday night. He pitched yeah. an inning and two thirds and had four strikeouts. He was he was feeling it. That was peak Holby Milner right there. Nobody yeah. was touching him. Uh, no hits, no earned runs, no walks. He was. Freaking fantastic. I could have literally picked him for my power pitcher just for this game. <laughs> he was that good. Um, Miller comes in. He gives up one earned run on, and two walks. Oh, well. Uh, Devin Williams comes in. He has the one walk and two Ks, and he bounced back, and he looked much better in my opinion. Um, he had to come in with the bases low. Well, the ba- he had two on. He walked a guy, and then he right. had to get, get the final strikeout. So, again, making us sweat a little bit. Um, not Kieran all his Deeney. fault this time, at least. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I knew, I knew it. I, I was watching the game with my dad because I sleep with my dad's because I wanted to be a little bit closer to Plymouth. <laughs> my dad lives in Keel, so I kind of cut the distance in half. And he comes in with two out, and I was looking at my, I'm like, he's gonna load the goddamn bases, isn't he? <laughs> he's gonna load them. Um, you're one down with 71 to go. The horror. Yeah, I know, James. But <laughs> if you go into any of these Brewers groups, we're never going to recover from one. Oh, play, man. Which Ellie De La Cruz is literally just, like, going crazy on everybody. Um, yes, that was an insane play, and I'll give credit to it. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Carantini with a, with an RBI. Uh, Adamas with three of them had, a, had another home run. Uh, that's his, his second of the four that he has this week. Um Owen Miller with an RBI and Joey Weimer with two. Joey Weimer's home run was something from the gods, dude. That was – those are, like, my favorite ones. Like, I do like the ones where, like, you smoke them and they're just, like, line drives, right? Mm-hmm. Those ones are fun to watch, too, because you're like, wow, that got out of here fast. Right. He was on that. For me, I love the moonshots. Like, those are my favorite ones, man. Um, when he just – Launched that thing and he, like Prince Fielder used to hit moonshots, dude. Dude, he used to hit the roof of the stadium. <laughs> I yeah, I remember the. I still always bring the one up that he hit against the Indians because I literally, it literally sounded like a shotgun went off. That is how hard he hit that son of a bitch. And Joey Weimer has that kind of power. I mean, he has twelve right now, uh, up to this point, right? And he has a chance for twenty to twenty-five. And for a guy that's learning. Hit 20 or 25 is pretty fucking impressive. I think he's a lock for 20. I think 25, if he can hit that. So I, if, he, if he gets into a little mini hot streak. Let me let me say this. If we were talking about what would need to happen for the Brewers to like be locked into a playoff spot, I think if Joey Weimer hits 25 home runs, that's one of those things. I would agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. Um, Taylor said clutch teeny. I like it. Solid. Very solid. It's a very solid nickname. Okay. So I'm going to start with this because Corbin Burns in this outing, holy hell, he threw a shit ton of cutters. Yeah. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Okay. Top of the first inning, he got a fly out and two strikeouts on 13 pitches. Literally all cutters. (laughs) Um, Bottom of the first inning, the Brewers had back-to-back-to-back doubles uh, by William Contreras, 102 miles an hour off the bat. Willie Adamas, 106 miles an hour off the bat, and Owen Miller uh, put the Brewers up two to nothing. Top of the second inning, 
three more three more cutters. Gets a ground up by Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, one one count to Fraley throws him a change up. That was the first pitch that Corbin Burns threw that was not a cutter. Then hmm. goes back to back cutters and gets him to strike out. Uh, get strike out of Vader of Vado. He threw three cutters and one curveball. Hmm. So Corbin Burns just pouring in the cutters. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom of the second, Victor Caratini drew a one on walk, followed by the Joey Weimer home run that you mentioned. 106.6 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah. Uh, it made the game four to zero. Top of the third inning. First batter. Grounds out, five pitches, five cutters. <laughs> you had a feel for it. He apparently did. Um, I will say, bottom of the third inning, um, Blake Perkins smoked a baseball. And TJ Friedel, to his credit, made a great catch at the wall, probably saved a run, uh, kept this he game did. from being 5-0 to zero instead of 4-0. to zero. So yeah. credit to TJ Friedel of the Reds. He made a great catch at the wall. Um, good work, Dick. Um, he looked like a monkey's <laughs> uncle later, though. <laughs> uh, top of the fourth, Reds get their first base runner on a walk. Uh, was four cutters. Um, Burns responds with a fielder's choice and then picks off the runner, strikes out Jonathan India. Six pitches, three cutters, three sinkers. Whew. Yeah, to go to go walk, fielder's choice, pick off, strikeout. I mean, I think Burns is a little more locked in than you do. Yeah, he was I'll take I'll take six innings of two earned runs. And I, but I do agree with you on the walks to get those yeah. down, but yeah. Okay. This this pissed me off. Because you, you mentioned it and it's gonna come up probably every single week. Bottom of the fourth inning, Brian Anderson hits a leadoff triple. I literally saw somebody suggesting to say bunt. Oh, my God. We have a man at third base. We're not fucking bunting in that situation. <laughs> Dude, how many times literally you all you need is a ball to the outfield. <laughs> you better bunt. So all these 79-year-old people are going to be fucking happy. Squeeze plays can work. Sure, one out of every 11,000 times. Yep, outside kicks can work too. Okay. So, after this, top of the fifth, Ellie De La Cruz got a single on a 1-2 count. All three of those were cutters. Sorry, all four of those were cutters. 68 miles an hour off the back. Mm. Um, got a change, or sorry, got a strikeout. The next at bat was four pitches, three cutters, one changeup, and then Votto, Votto hit a home run on the inside cutter. Um, giving Joey Votto a home run is not a reason to not pitch to him. Oh, just wait. I have some opinions. Uh, okay, you got it. You got it in the chamber. All right, I'll, I'll hold it. on to it. Yeah, last game, just wait. <laughs> um, Burns followed that with two more walks on 11 pitches and then got a fly out and a great play by Owen Miller to end the threat. And the scoring at four to two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bottom of the fifth, William Contreras and Willie Adamas added again. Single by uh, single by Contreras and a home run by Willie Adamas. His was 105 miles an hour off the bat. A uh, couple singles by Owen Miller and Bryce Durang were stranded. Um, 
top of the sixth, a leadoff single, and then India grounded into a double play. Ellie De La Cruz drew a walk, and then Burns got a fly out. Um, Burns used fewer um, cutters as the game went on, but was very, very effective with them. Bottom of the sixth, two singles by Joey Weimer and Christian Yelich, a walk by William Contreras, bases loaded, were stranded. This is one of those things where people start complaining. It, it is what it is that happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Top of the seventh, Hobie Milner comes in, strikes out the side, including Joey Votto. Oh, wow, crazy. Mm, yeah, crazy. Bottom of the seventh, Blake Perkins, Bryce Terang drew walks on 12 total pitches. They were stranded. Uh, sorry, no, they weren't. Victor Caratini hit a single, made the game 7-2. Christian Yelich drew a walk. Then the bases loaded were stranded. Um, Miller gets the first two outs in the top of the eighth. Tyson Miller comes in for the third. And then top of the ninth, Tyson Miller goes walk, ground out, walk, double, makes the game 7-3, and then they bring in Devin Williams. Um, He goes strikeout, walk, strikeout, strands the bases loaded to end the game. Yes, sir. Um. Really, honestly, don't have any complaints about Corbin Burns besides the walks. I just – he's capable of commanding better than that. Hmm. Um, Seven walks by Brewers pitching. Just got to get that down. Yeah. I will say everyone in the lineup except Andrew Monasterio reached base in this game. And four out of five outs recorded by Hoey Milner um, were strikeouts. Um, And then Devin Williams – the two strikeouts that he got, he's just throwing low changeups that just absolutely vanish. The last batter, he threw a really good changeup to start him, and it hit the zone. And then he threw a disgusting fastball up top, and then you just knew at that point. Like I was like, you, "You're done, right? Like you, you're done at this point. There's nothing you can do." He threw another changeup, and it was absolutely perfect. And it was like game over. And I was like, "That's why I said you're done. You just go sit down with the rest of your team." All right, what's up with you from the second game, the weird one? Ugh, we got to talk about it, so let's just get it over with, right? Yeah, we can get it um, over with. Colin Ray was all right. He's had a lot of really, really good starts. Um, this one, he was just all right. He looked like a guy. He didn't look like a he dude. He looked like a guy like, who's filling in for injuries. Yeah, he just looked like a guy, right? Um, but I will say there has been been times where he looked like a dude. Like, he looked like the dude a couple of times this year. Um Four and two-thirds, uh, seven hits, one walk, five earned runs. And he, again, gave up a home run to Joey Votto, which apparently was, like, inappropriate to do to a guy who's a former MVP and, like, really fucking good still. So, I mean, there's that. Um, he also had seven Ks, so there's that. That's yeah. pretty damn good. Um, Bryce Wilson was good in this game, one hit and one in a third. Paguero, we finally get to Elvis Paguero. To be honest with you, I think that I think that play was more on uh Contreras, to be honest with you. Um, it happened. Ellie De La Cruz is literally one of the most exciting players in baseball right now. Like he's on everybody's like, holy crap, this guy's like really awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids are gonna start becoming Reds fans because they're seeing all his highlights. I mean, Steph Curry in basketball, it's, it's bound to happen in other sports, right? Um, he's just he's fast, he's big, he's strong, he's exciting, he's a good player, and I hope he does good, just not against the Brewers. But unfortunately, right now he's doing good against the Brewers, right? So right. um Uribe uh became the I believe he was the 50th, or is he the 51st brewer to 
to appear in a game this year. He's 51st. Uh, 51st Brewer. Uh, before the All-Star break, we've had 51 fucking players. Holy 53. shit. 53 all of 2022. Holy shit, dude. Holy yeah. shit. That is insane. Um, Yelly, uh, another RBI. Adamas, two home runs. He's up to four now uh, for the week. Uh, three RBIs for him and Terang with an RBI. But, you know, the bullpen, you know, we're talking about it being super thin. These guys are literally running on fumes at this point. Uh, we're at day 16 of 17 straight. So, I mean, you're going to have some mental lapses, right? And that's exactly what happened. So, it is what it is. It's one loss. Um, I'd be a little bit more upset about this loss if they didn't come back on Sunday and win one to zero. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. So I had really just three main takeaways from this game. Um, one, Joey Votto having two home runs in the series is not a reason to avoid him. Um, it's it's a reason to be careful, sure, but you should always be careful because Joey Votto is damn good at baseball. Mm-hmm. Willie Adamas hit two home runs, not in the series, in this game alone, and the Reds didn't avoid him. Like, yes, sure. Willie Adamas is batting 213, but Joey Votto's batting 259. It's not exactly Tony Gwynn we're talking about here. And he was raking in the series. Yeah. So Willie Adamas is two home runs. The one that he hit in the first inning, um, 104 exit velocity. Um, the Reds tied the game on a solo shot in the top of the third. Mm-hmm. Brewers in the bottom of the third. Got a leadoff single. Uh, Christian Yelich pulled a double. Joey Weimer scored from first base. Kid oh, I love watching guys run. Kid can move. And then Willie Adamas hit a one-out, two-run home run, made the game 4-1. to one. Top of the fourth. This is where Colin Ray got in trouble. He went single walk home run to tie the game at four. Bottom of the fourth inning, Brian Anderson had a one-out single. Bryce Terang tripled him in. Almost stranded at third base. Top of the fifth, single and two strikeouts, and then Colin Ray was done. Bryce Wilson came in, gave up a leadoff, or sorry, first batter, double, tied the game at five. Owen Miller made a nice defensive play again at first base. Bottom of six, Brewers loaded the bases with two outs, couldn't get the big hit. Um, they strung hits together, just not enough to get runs. Um, yes, Tim, there is more to this shirt. It's in my it's in my nature to be fearless. That's a Giannis quote. So Giannis t-shirt. Okay. And then we get to the Ellie De La Cruz. This is my last takeaway from this game. Uh, him stealing home should not get Elvis Figueroa DFA'd. I legit saw people say that. Um, nor did him scoring that run, quote unquote, end our season. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz is a player who is up for the first time, playing with a lot of energy and made an energy play. I uh, caught the Brewers just not paying attention. And to me, I'll say it's equally on Contreras and Paguero for not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, that's just one of those things where, like you said, the 16th game in 17 days, those lapses, they happen. You can say that they shouldn't, and every single person would tell you that they shouldn't, but they do. Sadly. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned Colin Ray giving up the five earned runs, and then you mentioned Paguero. I just want to say, when Ellie De La Cruz stole home, the Reds were already up six to five. Yep. So that play literally didn't even win them this game because they were already winning and the Brewers didn't score any more runs. His his single is what gave him the lead. Exactly. Um, 
he stole around, made the game seven to five. They got an insurance run off of your rebate in the ninth. Um, his debut, two innings pitched, two hits, two strikeouts, one on a hundred mile an hour fastball, and one on an eighty-eight mile an hour cutter. He has a chance to be really good out of the Oh ball. my god, he's gonna be our setup man for Devin Williams for the next eight years. It's gonna be so awesome. So I'm gonna bring in Eric from Miller Park Minute. He's joining us today. I want to ask him. Eric, what do you think about Ellie De La Cruz stealing around the bases and what what fans are saying about Elvis Paguero in that situation? Our, situ- our season's over. We might as well pack <laughs> it up. Sell it all. Trade burns. Um, Paguero should be gone. It's terrible. Fire council. <laughs> Fire council. Um, Mark Antanasio is cheap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, you hit the nail right on that. I love one thing that I love about you guys. And I appreciate you bringing me on and working with me here. One thing I love about you guys is when you call out people, I don't have enough time in my day to call out all the morons that are out in this Brewers fandom community. And I'm glad you guys do. So round of applause for that. <laughs> we got to, um, we're trying to be more positive. So we got to meet the negativity with the same level. of Well, and that's exactly it. Like, okay, this red series um, was huge for us. We took two of three and yep. ah, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we, didn't we win three or four of the last go around with them? Yes, yep. we did. In Cincinnati. Yep. Right. We're about to take two or three after the break, and then we'll be winning the Central. But, you know, our season's over. Our season's over. <laughs> I, I just I, – it, it floors me to sometimes listen to these these things that come out in comment during games. And there's some people, and and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, mention some names. Obviously, there's that group of the Schmitz guy, whatever. <laughs> and then there's that Kimberly Jean who, who calls us out and says we're not real baseball fans because we we root for the good to happen. Yeah, no, I did it because it's your show, not mine. But no, I'm just kidding. I would have done it on mine too. But it's just funny because I saw you getting an argument with her about it. And, you know, they're calling out in like the fifth. And it's like, why are we saying this in the fifth? Hold some optimism, people. I mentioned in the Cubs series, all four of those games were decided in the eighth inning or later. Right. And we didn't know until the... I don't think you covered the third game yet, did you? Nope, no, we're just about to get to that one. I mean, you didn't know until the end of the game that that one RBI was all we freaking needed. You know what I mean? Like, we got great pitching there, and and yeah, we lacked hitting, but who really cares if the, if we're our pitching standing up? You know what I mean? That's the great part about baseball. The great part about baseball is there's two sides to it. Every game is different. It's not like the Packers playing the, the Minnesota – Vikings this week and then playing them at the end of the season, you're going to be the same team universally in football. But in in baseball, it's a different team every day. There's 162 games in baseball versus 17. And we're only, what are we, 90? How many games are we in now? 91? Uh, I think we're at 91, 92. Right. We're 49 and 41, so maybe it's exactly 90. We're 49 and 42. Yes. So it's 91. So we got 71 games to go. Right. Lots of time. Hell, the Cardinals could even come back at this juncture. Oh, God. I mean, I don't want to say it, but it's the, it's the elephant in the room. I mean, they'll probably blow the save, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Somebody in the comments asked, said, finally, fellow Brewers fans, who's your favorite Brewers? His is William Contreras. Who's my favorite? my favorite Brewer? Well, based on based on William Contreras being their answer, I'm going to say this season. That's that's hard. I, I would like, go ahead. I like all the Brewers. I don't know how to answer that. I hate answering these questions. Just like when somebody asks who's my favorite Buck. I mean, I love Giannis obviously because he goes nuts, but I also love watching Drew Holiday score 50 against the Pacers. I mean, that was fun. That was. I don't fun. know. I like. I'm gonna all. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna say Christian Yelich this season because we we have the apology form for him now which I enjoy doing. That's like Eric said, um, he appreciates that we can, we can give back uh, the same energy that people with the negativity do. And the, the apology forms that we make at Wisco fanatics does feel like that level of pettiness um, that I enjoy doing. I'll tell you what, you might not meet two more sarcastic human beings than Tyler and myself. I love it. And I, you know, that's why I wanted to work with you guys. Cause I was like, we, we we gelled, so and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw everybody off with my answer here. I am going to go out there and say Hobie Milner. That was the reason I we have an underrated performer segment. Yep. he's a G. He is. He's, he's got grit. He goes out there and he he plays the game. And you know what? He's not. You know, he hasn't stepped into what Elvis has become, but at the same time, he's just as important as Elvis, as Devin, as. You know, and another guy, Joel Piamps. I like relievers. I'm a big reliever guy. So um, I realize I'm wearing an Angels hat on your podcast, and we're talking about Wisconsin sports. But uh, it goes to my man, Shohei Otani, who we're going to talk about later, maybe, probably. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So before we get to trade deadline, guys, um, Let's talk about this good old pitchers duel. Jake, what's that out to you from the third game of the Red Series? Well, your boy, uh, your your power pitcher this week, Wade Miley, was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to leave all the, the accolades and the season highs for you to, to announce. Uh, Piguero, Piamps, and Williams, just the lockdown seventh, eighth, ninth inning was on show uh, for this one. Uh, zero hits, zero earned runs, zero walks. They all had two strikeouts. Literally just shitting on Cincinnati, and I loved every second of it. It was amazing. Now I'm going to get into it. Now I'm getting into it. Kim, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You want to say that I don't know baseball? The reason you blocked me is because I made you look like a dumbass. <laughs> She's like, we should not pitch to Joey Votto. That's the tip of the day. Dude, he literally got on base one time in a 1-0 game. If we would have listened to her, he'd have been on base four times in a 1-0 game. You tell me which scenario you want. <laughs> just just i don't understand and i'm gonna say that eric broke it down absolutely beautifully that every baseball game is different you're going against a different pitcher a different style it's different temperature it's the guy woke up and maybe he doesn't feel as good as he did the day before maybe he stretched and he hurt his ankle or something i don't know they have hanging nails i don't fucking know okay baseball is crazy it's literally the most unpredictable too. sport in America, you cannot predict baseball. You can't. They're going to throw the ball in certain spots. They're going to miss sometimes. They're going to hit guys. They're going to walk guys. It's insane. Baseball is a great game to watch. And, yes, it is much better being sped up. I don't care what you boomers have to say about it. It is much better sped up. Okay? The pitching clock is amazing. They will make their adjustments after the season, and it will get better. Okay? They need to give less time for the pitcher to get ready and more time for the batter to get ready, in my opinion. 
Um, it's just a little wanky right now. But Kim, you're an idiot. We're not just going to walk a fucking 37,000-year-old dinosaur because he hit a couple home runs. Shut up. Anyways, so you guys can go. We talked about it, I think, two weeks ago. There's 162 baseball games in a season. Yep. Essentially, every single outcome that can happen in a game is going to happen. There are 30 teams playing 162 games. You're talking about 4,000 baseball games. I have so much. <laughs> like, obviously, these teams are playing against each other, but, I mean, right. basically every single possible outcome that can happen will happen. So, for me, I looked at this game as a pitcher's duel. I looked at it as the, the Reds, and I looked at it as the Brewers. So, the Reds in the first inning, Wade Miley gives up a leadoff double and then goes 1-2-3. Second inning goes 1-2-3. Third inning goes 1-2-3. Fourth inning, another leadoff double, then goes 1-2-3. All three of them strikeouts by India, De La Cruz, and Spencer Steer. So, great work by Wade Miley in the fourth inning. Fifth inning got a little hairy. Gave up a walk, did get Senzel to ground into a double play, then gave up two more walks, and then a strikeout to end the inning. Sixth inning, did give up a pair of one-out singles, stranded them both. Wade Miley, eight strikeouts in six innings. Um, This is how the innings went for the strikeouts. First inning, zero. Second inning, two. Third inning, zero. Fourth inning, three. Fifth inning, one. Sixth inning, two. In my opinion, he got better as the game went on. And all three of those walks came in the fifth inning. So, yes, he did have three walks, but they all came in one inning um, out of the six. And then you mentioned Piguero, seventh inning, one, two, three inning. Great short memory appearance from a young player. Mm-hmm. That's what I with um with Elvis Piguero in the seventh inning. Um, eighth inning, Joel Piams went one, two, three. He had two strikeouts, both of them on sliders. And then Devin Williams, one, two, three, ninth inning with two strikeouts, including Joey Votto, like you said, Jake. So, in my opinion, having your starter go six innings and then going Paguero, Piams, Williams, that's the formula to win baseball games, in my opinion. Definitely in Milwaukee, tell you that. Um, And then the last thing that I have with this game, uh, with the Brewers pitching, sorry, this is Brewers batting. I'll I'll save that for a second. Bottom of the first inning, Christian Yelich led off with a double, 102 miles an hour off the bat, which I love. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse Winker with two outs, uh, hits a single, drives in the only run of the game. Um, so bottom of second, Brewers in one, two, three. Bottom of third, Brewers in one, two, three. Um, bottom of the fourth, Brewers had a leadoff walk and then went one, two, three. Bottom of the fifth, they went one, two, three. Bottom of the sixth, they stranded two singles. Bottom of the seventh, they stranded two more runners. Bottom of the eighth, they stranded two more runners. It really is what it is. But the thing that really struck me about the Brewers batting in this game, um, they drew three walks, only five strikeouts. Mm. The fact that the Brewers only struck out five times in the third game of that series, despite this being a pitcher's duel, mm-hmm. that that made me happy. That, that pleases me when the Brewers aren't striking out a ton because I think that bodes well for their chances of success. So before Eric gives his opinions, I have an update on some stats that I've been keeping track of. The Brewers are now 17-5 and five in one-run games, so still an outstanding record, and they're 36-7 and seven when they score five-plus runs. You score five runs, 
You're going to win. <laughs> Simple as that. They've scored five plus in seven of nine games so far in July. Offense is heating up, dude. Willie, Willie is back, and people are laughing at me, and I don't care. Willie is back. Willie is back. The timing that he has now is amazing. If him looking at the clock, waiting for nine seconds, the leg, he's just he's he's there now. The power is back, in my opinion. Hopefully okay. he'll he'll make me still be smart after the break, right. but we'll see. <laughs> okay. So the Brewers have three games at Cincinnati and one game at Philadelphia that Jake and I are going to be talking about next Wednesday. Uh, Jake, what's your record prediction for next week? Well, I really need them to take two out of three from the from the Reds, so that's two and one. Phillies is tough. That's tough. I will say, I'll say four and two. I'll say four and two week. Only four games. Oh, yep, yep. Sorry, sorry. Oh God, the freaking All Star break is just killing me. I'll say I'll say three wins. I'll say three wins. Three and one, huh? I'm gonna say. I forgot. Three. I forgot that the Wednesday game is is at night. I'm yeah. not my fault. So that'll be the after Wednesday next night. Okay, so I'm gonna say two and two. I'm gonna say they take two out of three from Cincinnati and lose the first one to Philadelphia. Uh, hopefully, they rebound from that and win that series. But all right, let's give the people what they've been waiting for. Um, we got Eric with us. We got some Brewers trade targets. Um, so Jake let me in on a secret that he cheated. He's got six. I, <laughs> I did my absolute best. I started with 20 names and I, I also whittled down to six. So I cheated a little bit too. So I can't say that I didn't. Um, so if, if you want Jake and I can go first, cause we have an extra one, a bonus one, but then we each have five trade targets for the Milwaukee Brewers. Sure. Uh, so I just did a little brief intro on my channel here. Uh, and I just wanted to welcome you guys in. These are the guys, Jake and Tyler from Wisco Fanatics. They talk everything Wisconsin, where I just talk brewers. These guys have everything else. So go over and drop them a follow. Um, hop on their streams. They stream typically Wednesdays at about 5 o'clock, right? Yep. 4 o'clock? Wednesdays, Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. Yep. 4 o'clock. Okay. Then, um, so. Yeah, and then we got some Friday episodes. That's when we do our Packers shows during Packers season. Uh, if you care about football, they talk about football too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like football to to a certain degree. Obviously, a lot of people know I'm not a fan of the uh, the uh, let's call it what it is, green and yellow. So I have a difference of opinion there, but that's okay. So go okay. follow these guys. Check them out. They've got a lot of great content. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I dropped. I don't think I dropped the live when we talked about it. But these guys give it to the other fans, which is kind of entertaining. They have enough time in, in their day to write Christian Yelich apology notes and things like that. Um, <laughs> and they put out good stuff. So that's yeah. just my little nod to them and, and what they do. Uh, we're talking trades. And these guys uh, these guys got some good stuff. So let's, let's talk it over, guys. Put the research in, that's for sure. You want me to oh. go first? Yeah, go first. You give your first, your first extra and I'll give my first extra. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you my extra one then. Uh, my number six, I don't have mine in order, but this was just the sixth guy that I have as a target. Uh, it's Kenyon Middleton from the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he is a reliever. He's 29 years old. He will be a free agent after the 2023 season. So other teams might be willing to pay a little bit more than the Brewers will for him. But he's got a 319 ERA in 31 innings pitched. He has given up five home runs, which is a little, a little iffy, but he does have a low 161, sorry, 1161 whip. Uh, 11... 0.6 strikeouts per nine innings, only 3.2 walks per nine innings. So Kenyon Middleton is my first one. Um, he would just be a, a decent 
addition to the bullpen. All right. So <clears throat> that's a great choice, by the way. I know you have a lot of bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I did more batting help, in my opinion. I did more DH kind of style. Uh, so my first one is actually a DH, and this is my least likely of them all, but I just think that he would kill with the Brewers. It's Jock Peterson of the, the San Francisco Giants. I know the Giants are in seller mode right now, but he would just make perfect sense to me in my brain. That's why I was like, I can't leave him off the list. I was like, Tyler, can I have six? He's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and get six. I mean, he's batting 245. He has a 371 on base percentage, a 442 slug, and an 813 OPS. I mean, he would absolutely dominate in American Family Field. He would hit a lot of home runs into the opposing team's bullpen, in my opinion. So I think he would be great for us. But that one is the most unlikely on my list. I just wanted him on my list because I think he'd be good. All right, Eric gave us kind of a little bit of a spoiler alert with his hat, but yeah. uh, I'll let Eric give his first one. Uh, so this is actually – so this is kind of an off-the-list deal as well. All right. Like um, because, quite frankly, it's I, – I, I'm just going to address the the uh, monkey in the room. I think uh, when I look at this trade deadline, I look at two two major factors. Uh, we're burning through bullpen guys like it's going on style, and you mentioned that might be your list. Um, but we're also in need of a first baseman and maybe a more consistent bat. So those are big factors when you look at where we are and what we've gone through. And we're going to, we're going to use a hundred players in the Milwaukee Brewers this season. That's, that's what it comes down to. We're going to, we're going to hit that hundred mark and why not, why not ease the pain a little bit with some relievers and, and maybe a bat or two. I could, I, I could see a position where we could get two. Um, just depending on the situation that you really play out here. That being said, I am going to talk about my number one wish would be a guy like Shohei Otani. Now, at this juncture, from every show and every podcast I listen to, Shohei Otani is not going to be traded. Artie Moreno does not want to trade him. But he's the wish list, the sixth guy. There's actually one that I think uh, Jake will probably agree with me on. Uh, Shohei Otani would do amazing things for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, it's kind of like that CC Sabathia rental that we did. It would be something where they'd probably use him to abuse him. And uh, maybe he'd be garbage for the rest of his career after he left us. But if we could, if we could squeak him, I mean, I feel, and then from what I, what I talked to you guys about and what I've heard you guys say, I feel that this team is a playoff team and, maybe a couple steps away from a world series team. So I feel like that would be the, maybe one of the factors with some bullpen help, but reality of it, we all know it's going to be very hard to swing. Even if he is traded, it's going to be hard. So that's, that's kind of the topic. I don't know. Do you guys, what do you guys feel about that? I mean, I don't think he's going to get traded, but I would love to have him, And I think you're an idiot if you say you don't want to have Shohei Otani on your baseball team at this juncture. I mean, he's the best player in the league, right? I mean, me and Tyler, <laughs> we, did a, we did a draft of our favorite players by jersey number, and then we also did our favorite Bucks, our favorite non-Bucks, I should say, and our favorite non-Brewers. And Shohei Otani was first on my list. Far and away. He has to be, right? He's, he's, the, he's the bee's knees, as the, as the kids used to say. Uh, he is phenomenal. And if he would be a Milwaukee Brewer – can you imagine Woodruff, <laughs> Woodruff, uh, Burns, and Shohei as your top three? Are you shitting me right now? 
Like, seriously, are you shitting me? That would be insanity. So I'll say it from a brewer's perspective. If if this were something even remotely possible, to me, it would essentially be Matt Arnold doing away with David Stern's approach of bites at the apple and just say, like, fuck it, we're throwing literally all of our eggs and all of our apples in one basket named 2023. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, essentially, that's essentially saying you're not doing a soft rebuild for the future. You're doing a hard rebuild because mm-hmm. you are putting everything on this season. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of deal that that would be. Right. Um, Taylor said you probably have to include Burns. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that you necessarily have to. I would think like maybe a Garrett Mitchell could be a, a nice kicker to that piece because he's controllable, and i i wouldn't I wouldn't rule out that they could what they could like what they've seen in Joey Weimer when they could deal him even though he's hurt for a team looking to invest for a future. You might want a guy like Garrett Mitchell. He, he's proven. I compared him very much last year to Ryan Braun. I, th- I feel he's very Ryan Braun-esque in the way he's come up and played for our team already. Uh, and I, I feel he's going to be that guy in the future. So, I mean, could you deal him? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to catch the future that much. But um, it would – any deal for Shohei Otani that the Brewers would make would have to start with Jackson Churio. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking at potentially – Jackson Churio, Garrett Mitchell, and you know maybe some Double A pitching. Like that's mm-hmm. you're probably looking at probably two to four Double A level players in addition mm-hmm. to Churio and Mitchell. Yeah, Ugh. that'd be tough. I mean, the reward is obviously <laughs> a guy that can hit sixty home runs and strike out two hundred batters, which is right. disgusting. But <laughs> and it's the ring. The ring is the end all be all reward. The ring is something we don't have yet. We've been there once. We celebrate it like it was our Jesus's birthday. Man. No offense if anyone's religious, but we celebrate Man. 1982 like it's Christmas. Man. And let's stop that. Let's get there. And that that's my solution to it is adding a piece like that. But it would also come with you'd have to make other moves and other pieces. Right. Um, and that's 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 more of a hard pill for our ownership and our management to swallow then. And, and the, the caveat is that, you know, you're not re-signing him. Yep. Right. Exactly. You know that it's, it's literally two months. Right. And you so have to catch out. I, on my list, uh, I do think are all gettable by the brewers. Um, I did look at a guy like Joe Kelly, but he's making eight and a half million. So I left him off my list. So I left guys who I think salaries are potentially something that would keep the brewers from being really serious about trading for guys. Um, but uh, my number one guy, I shouldn't say number one because it's not like a ranking, but the first guy on my list is Jason Foley. He is a reliever for the Detroit Tigers. Um, he's arbitration eligible starting in 2025. He's a guy who I think could step into the setup role. Um, he would challenge Joel Piamps for the eighth inning or just pitch on days where Joel Piamps has pitched, say, a couple days in a row. Um, he, he could step into that role. He has three saves already this season. He has a 209 ERA. A 1.009 whip, uh, 4.86 strikeouts to walks, uh, 225 opponent batting average. And in his career, he's pitched 109 and a third innings, only given up three home runs. 
Hmm. Not too shabby. Do you want me to go next, or you want Eric to go next? You, you I'm just, we'll just keep going right in a circle. So, Jake, okay. give me your next guy, and then. Uh... All right. So the next guy on my list is a guy in the division. So I'm not sure if it's uh, really plausible, but I think he would uh, add some value to our lineup as well. Um, it's Carlos Santana. Uh, Tyler gave credit to the Pirates uh, for a good signing, and I think that he could be a good signing for us. He's a switch hitter. Uh, he can play first base and DH. Um, his stats this year, he has a 238 average, uh, 316 on base percentage, a 401 slug, and a 718 OPS. He making $6.7 million this year, but he's a free agent in 2024. That's going to be a trend for me. A lot of guys that are going to be gone after the year, just rental guys that can help out this season. Because I do think that the youth movement is still continuing, as Tyler predicted last season, by the way, uh, for people that aren't regular followers on our show. Tyler predicted this last year that we were going to have a lot of young guys up here. Um, I do think that Carlos Santana could be good in the DH role where Jesse Winker has kind of flopped a little bit. And he bats from both sides of the plate, so you don't really have to worry about taking him out of the lineup. He could just see everybody, right? He's a professional hitter. I like it. Eric, who's your next guy? Uh, I am. I'm. I was just checking something real quick, but um, I am going to go with a shocker, and uh, this is this is a little out of the realm of probably possibility, but I think it would be a fit for a position that we have desperately, desperately needed a fit for since Prince Fielder. And I'm going to go with the polar bear, Pete Alonzo. Oh, God. That I is Jake's him. guy. Love him. I would love him. Oh, that, is that the guy you wanted me to love? Because, because yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, the, re- the reason I say it is I know he, he's going to be – he's expensive. Yep. But I think one of the big factors here is you look at the, the positional – chart that we have we don't have a a time frame with any anybody locked up at first base you've got five years of Contreras, so that position's kind of locked uh you've still got a little bit of time left that i think you should milk every ounce of of willie adamas if you don't extend him mm-hmm. third base you could use owen miller brian anderson i mean you so you've got options there second base you've got bryce Turang, who's pretty well well locked because he doesn't have a contract and then we've kind of done this thing at first base where we've always got no offense jake the big guy um i know know. and the big guy doesn't always pan out at first base i hate to say that but you know we we all love a big first baseman um but at, at times they just don't pan out i'll say as far as first base is concerned i like the idea of a stopgap guy because i'm getting super super excited for tyler black tyler black is not the prototypical first baseman the dude's got 40 stolen bases in double a and every time there is a transaction made i keep hoping to see tyler black promoted to triple a so that he can make it to the major league roster next year and then be our everyday first baseman starting in 2025 that'd be nice right that's that's my hope for first base. So I'm I'm with you on a stopgap option at first base, which takes me to my next guy, a guy that I actually brought up last season as a potential trade target. It's Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox. Uh, he'd be a first baseman slash DH. Um, he doesn't have great fielding range at first base, um, 
but he did start his career as an outfielder. So Rowdy Telez is probably better defensively. Um, he does have good fielding where he is, but just not, like I said, not the range. Um, but looking at looking at Vaughn versus Rowdy Telez really brought me to some eye-opening statistics um, that potentially were concerning to me. Um, so looking at batting average, Andrew Vaughn, 247, Rowdy Telez, 213. On base percentage, Rowdy Telez is 285, Andrew Vaughn, 323. Slugging percentage, Rowdy Telez is at 388, Vaughn is at 437. OPS for Rowdy Telez is 672, for Vaughn, 759. Now, Vaughn has played in 10 more games. He does have 45 more total bases and only Jesus. one more strikeout. Jesus. So essentially the same number of strikeouts, but Vaughn has played 10 more games. So Rowdy Thales would have to have only one strikeout in his next 10 games to be where Vaughn is at. Um, they both have 12 home runs. Rowdy Thales has 35 RBI. Vaughn has 53. Then you look at something like OPS plus, which 100 being average. Rowdy Thales is at 83. Mm-hmm. Vaughn is at 108. Hmm. Um, looking at strikeout percentage, Vaughn's is pretty low at 18.8. Rowdy's at 24, which isn't horrible, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, balls in play, Rowdy Telez is at 25%. Vaughn is at 29.5%, which is obviously better. Um, these last two, these last two are really the ones that uh, make me want to trade for Vaughn and make me concerned for Rowdy Telez. So the first one is swinging at strikes. This is percentage of strikes that are swung at. Mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn is at 70.3. Rowdy Telez is at 61.7. And then this is strikeouts mm-hmm. looking. So this is the percentage of strikeouts that are taken looking. Mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn is at 11.4, which tells me that he's trying to protect the plate with two strikes. Rowdy Telez is 28.4. Yeah. That is the highest out of every single first baseman I looked up. Um, Freddie Freeman, Rizzo, those guys are all in the 17 to 20 range. Uh, Pete Alonzo is below that. Um, I looked up. Joey Votto is below that. Um, like every single first baseman that I looked up was lower than that 28% by Rowdy Telez. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, I think, was the next highest, and he was at like 24. Jeez, that's that's not great. <laughs> so to me, those last two things, like Rowdy, dude's got to swing the bat. How many times have I texted you to move that goddamn bat off your shoulder? Jesus Christ. So Andrew Vaughn is my second guy. Um, Jake, who's your third guy? Sorry, your second guy. Second, third. All right. So – People are going to freak out at this one because he's on a really, really good team, and they're definitely not going to be sellers. Ronald Acuna Jr.? No. I don't want him. But, I mean, I do want him. But uh, it's Christian Walker from the uh, Diamondbacks. Um, he was in arbitration last year, got $6.5 million. He's in arbitration after this season, and he's a free agent in 2025. So when I was looking at him, I was like, oh, he would be a good fit too, right? He plays pretty decent defense. He's got a pretty good bat. I looked up the Diamondbacks prospect rankings, and one of their top five prospects is a third baseman and a first baseman. 
and his projected ETA is 2024. So I don't know about you, but it kind of sounds like they're trying to make a little bit of room, right? I mean, if they traded Goldschmidt, they'll trade anybody. You're right. Um, so Christian Walker, um, this season he's batting 267. Uh, his on-base percentage is 334. His slugging percentage is 516, and his OPS is 850. Um, he would be phenomenal on this team. Uh, good defense. Uh, he understands how to play with youth. Uh, he had a youth, youth movement this year with the Diamondbacks. So um, he's obviously winning a lot of games. So he would be a guy I think you could plug right in the middle of the lineup and just be happy about it. He would really be, and I texted this to you, Jake. I know I did. Uh, but the Brewers really need a like a set it and forget it cleanup hitter. Yep. A guy that you can trust to have consistent power. Yep. So I agree with you on that. Um, all right, Eric, who's your next guy? I am going to go David Bednar, okay. uh, all-star. Um, this guy is a G, and he has been for a while. Um, I've sneakily used him in fantasy baseball to score tons of points. Uh, this guy's got a 4.8 war uh, for a career at 1.6 this year. He's 3-1 and one with a 1.27 ERA in 34 games, 17 saves, 35 innings pitch, and 42 strikeouts. His whip is .962. That's good. That's sexy. And what what value he offers is the fact that you know he'd be another option for that eighth inning role. Uh, not that we don't have a good one already, but it would just be another another spot. Uh, he's actually being paid a minimum salary at uh, the seven hundred forty five, uh, and uh, it looks like he is and the free agent after that. I believe. So I mean, we could bring him back if 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 it works out. Sounds he sounds to me almost like how Brad Boxberger was when we got him. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like I'm on board. I like that. Okay, so spoiler alert: this is my last batter. After this, I have two more relievers. So like Taylor was asking for before, he was looking for he was looking for fifth through seventh inning guys. I have four out of my six players were relief pitchers. <laughs> so this guy would be a DH from the Washington Nationals. It's Joey Manesis. Um, son of a mother. <laughs> he's 31 years old, but he's still not arbitration eligible until 2026. Mm-hmm. He could play first base in a pinch, um, say if Rowdy Flores was injured or something like that. Um, but if you look at his... 2023 numbers, um, 82 games, 284 batting average, 326 on base, 396 slugging. Not not the greatest power that you would want from a corner infielder. He's got five home runs, does have 45 RBI and a 722 OPS. Um, but you look at 2022 in 56 games, he batted 324, uh, got on base 367, and his slugging was 563. In 56 games last year, he hit 13 home runs, had 34 RBI, and a 930 OPS. So he's a high average, potentially low power run producer. I do think his his mean lies somewhere in the middle of that that five and 13 home run number. But um, playing at American Family Field would potentially help that, being in a more hitter friendly ballpark. Uh, so Joey Manesis is my next one. So Jake, who's your next guy? 
So I'll talk about him later. <laughs> but the guy right now is the is the one and only pitcher on my list. And it's a guy that you said you kept off your list. But I actually like Joe Kelly. Um, I think that he could be. I love, dude, I like him too. He's a. Yeah, I know he's expensive. He's a straight up dog. I know, but, I know. Yeah, I looked up his salary too, and I was like, Ugh. um, but he's a pitcher. He's a bullpen pitcher for the White Sox right now. He's been with the the Cardinals, the the Red Sox, and the Dodgers. So right there, when I was looking at it, I was like, that's a lot of a playoff experience. So I like that. I like that out of my bullpen. Um, he has a twenty two percent lineup percentage, a fifty six percent ground ball percentage. And a twenty point eight percent fly ball percentage. So when I was looking at that stuff, also two twenty nine batting average, which isn't that bad. I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, we got a good defense in Milwaukee. You get a guy, another bull, another bullpen guy that can just get ground balls and just let the defense do the work behind them. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. He has a club option for twenty twenty four. So if the Brewers trade for him and they like what they're seeing, he's just another guy we can bring back next year. He is a free agent in twenty twenty five, but he's getting up there in age as well. But the playoff experience alone kind of sold me on it. Um, another guy that you can just throw into the bullpen with the arms and just kind of uh, make it work. But yeah, Joe Kelly is a dog. He is a dog. That's a, that's a pitcher I would explain as a dog. Like he goes after it. But yeah, dude. When I saw his fifty-six point nine percent ground ball percentage, I was like, "Yep, he's he's a Milwaukee Brewer." That, yeah, Milwaukee. when you said fifty-six ground balls, I'm like, "All right, I'm in." And um, Taylor brought up PJ Crone from the Rockies. Okay, I had him as a potential Brewer target for the last two years, but I mentioned this to Jake when I looked him up, and I texted this to Jake the other day when I was putting my my notes together for this. Mm-hmm. His power has absolutely vanished. Mm-hmm. And he's still playing in Colorado. So it's not like he went to San Diego to a, right. you know, a, a pitcher friendly park. His right. power is just gone. Yeah. So so I'm out on CJ Crone. I was in on him in the last two years, but uh, I'm out on him this year. I do so, have a rock. Another relief pitcher. Shocker. Um, Kyle Finnegan also from the nationals. So this is something where maybe the Brewers could swing to get Joey Manises and Kyle Finnegan, mm-hmm. but Kyle Finnegan, a reliever from the nationals, he is being paid 2.3 million this season. Nothing crazy. So it's not like, you know, something the Brewers couldn't afford to do arbitration eligible next year in 2024. He will be 32 next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Brewers may, you know, may not look to, uh, look to do something like that because he's going to be a little bit older, but Colin Ray is also 32. So they were willing to take a flyer on him. True. Uh, He feels like a brewer target to me. He's got a 341 ERA in 37 innings pitch this season has a 22.6 walk out, sorry, strikeout percentage and a 9.0 walk percentage, which Mm. is a little high. It kind of contributes to his whip being a little high. It's at 1351, but he does have a 43.8 ground ball percentage. So something like Jake just said, a guy who can come in and get ground balls. Um, with his walk and his whip being a little high, I do think that's something where he potentially slides in as an early reliever, more so than a high leverage reliever uh, like a guy like Jason Foley or Kenyon Middleton could be. Yeah, and you just bring him to the Brewers right. pitching lab and we'll get him going. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> so my next guy is actually Joey Manises. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he he was uh, he was the guy that fell right below the guy that I I'm in love with, and I really hope that they go after him. Uh, but Joey Manises, like you said, a 284 batting average, slide that right into the to the middle top of our order. I'm absolutely okay with that. 
Uh, he reminds me a little bit of a – he has a little bit more power, but he reminds me a little bit of uh, Owen Miller, honestly, because you said the low power and the high average. And I like Owen Miller. Owen Miller's a nice little ball player, could play multiple positions. But uh, Manisis only cost $723,000 this year, so that's pretty cheap for a guy that can almost hit three hundred for you. Uh, and again, American Family Field is a hitter-friendly ballpark, so who knows if he gets another couple of the inch over the wall. I will stay since we're uh, kind of knocking his power a little bit. He has four home runs in the last three games, so he's got that going for him. I like that. I'll take Here. that. Who's next on your list, buddy? <laughs> Sorry, there was a, a loud explosion, and apparently someone's blowing up crap down the road from my house. Oh, oh. Interesting. I had to go man, check that out. Obviously, you, you, come on, you man. explosion. Targets down here. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go. I know you mentioned and you mentioned how expensive he was. There, Jay. Uh, no, Tyler mentioned it. Sorry, Tyler uh, mentioned Joe Kelly. Uh, but I think I I don't know. I like Joe Kelly's personality, um, and I just. I think adding a name here in the bullpen would be something that we haven't done in a while. Uh, I want to say the last name reliever that we added was. The last big name reliever that I can remember. I, w I would say maybe K-Rod. K-Rod? Or what? Because Axford grew up here. He didn't become a name, right? right. You know, and then. Yeah, I want to go back and take K-Rod, maybe. And I think adding a name sometimes adds value to, uh, yeah, K-Rod. Somebody in the comments told us K-Rod. So um, I really think that adds value in having a guy who's an established reliever uh, because we've got a lot of rookie relievers right now. You know what I mean? They're young guys that haven't spent much major league time. Mm -hmm. So I think that would add the experience factor. Um, there's another guy that uh, maybe a former member of our team that um, is more established too, but he he would he would also. I mean, I guess I'm giving two right now. I'm going to say Josh Hader should come back. We were presented with that as an option from one of my dad's friends that I I I trust his baseball knowledge. Uh, he. He presented the idea to us, and I, I can't say that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, when he was talking, I was like, oh, I'm on board. I'm on board, guy. <laughs> we'll give him – oh, wait, no, I can't. We can't give him Tyson Miller because we just DFA'd him. Or, no, we just traded him to the Dodgers for cash. Yep, for cash, yeah. Cash. So, okay, do you know, like, when they say cash, is it like – what do they give him, like a 50? Do they throw him 220s? What do they, what do they, what do they mean cash? Why don't they just say a number? I don't understand that part of it. Um, might not be decided. Could be um, performance like value. Based. Yeah, it could be performance based. That's all. Um, could be it could be innings based. Okay, I didn't know if there was an actual answer out there that we knew of or that you guys knew of. I never knew an answer to that exact answer. You know, cash. Yeah, to me, cash. to me, that suggests that. Um, the the amount is yet to be determined. Mm -hmm. What would you give up for Josh Hader? Cash to get him back. <laughs> what? Cash. <laughs> Cash. Oh God! If I had to be serious, holy crap! You know, while Tyler thinks about that, I'm going to ask you this question, Eric. 
Okay. Well, after we were presented with the idea, I'm like, oh God, does does that mean that Williams goes back to the setup role, or does Josh Hader go to the setup role? Like, how how do you make that magic work? I think Hader goes in your setup role because he's another guy. You if you acquire him, you know you're not keeping him next year. That's right. Fair. He would be. He would. It would be rent, renting Hader. Um, all of us who have jerseys with Josh Hader and Josh Hader memorabilia could rejoice. Um, uh, you know that'd be really, really awesome. But it would also, it would also put you, put you as a setup. I, I definitely think that's where you have to go with him um, yeah. because you're 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 developing Devin for the future. We've got much more time with Devin than we have anybody. You're not going to be able to afford to pay Hater. We already know that. Right. We already couldn't afford to fight him in arbitration cases. So uh, Devin is the future of that position. But it would great be great to have that reunion and it would also add that that piece you know he's kind of a rock and you need those rock pieces you know go, go back to when we had the three-headed monster you know we had those rock pieces those guys were and everybody else was kind of just filling at that point i can't even name people that were in the bullpen uh outside of jeremy jeffress Corey canable and josh Hader. you know what i mean like yeah can you name a reliever that pitched in that season i can't <laughs> But I love her. You named you named all mine. You took them all. <laughs> right. Taylor Williams. Oh gotcha. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. All I right. knew I had one to pull. That you you pulled that. That was a good trivia too. Like I just pulled that on you pulled that on nowhere. <laughs> I have an autograph somewhere. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> all right. So I mean I don't. I don't know because, like, I'm not willing to give up Sal Freelich for him. Nope. I'm not willing right. to give him Robert Gosser back. So I mean, like, I'm not willing to give him a Cherio or a Mizarowski. I really wouldn't even want to give Tyler Black. Um. So I mean, I don't know. And even like, even like Blake Perkins is only on a one year deal, so he's not going to be super enticing to the Padres. What do the Padres need? What's what's their real need? I mean, do they they have all these guys on massive deals? I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know. I'd have to really. Well, look Blake Snell's been really good for them lately too. Up. Right. So. I'm not willing to give up basically anybody in our top ten prospects. Nah, Jesse like Winker, Keston Hira, and a box of cheese. I'll throw in Tyrone Taylor for you. And Tyrone Taylor, yes, yes, solved that problem for me. Thank and a, you. And an off-season uh, membership to X Golf. <laughs> yes, please. All righty. So this is my. I had a question. Guy. I was looking at this uh, list earlier. I had a question. Maybe you guys can answer this. Did we release Darren Ruff, or is he still with us? Because he got hurt. Day injured list. Yep. Okay. That's what I thought because someone was saying he was with San Francisco, and I'm like, yeah, no, he's with, he with Milwaukee, and he got a massive cut to the leg running into the tarp. Yeah, yeah, he. I can't believe he walked off, man. Was... I know we talked about that too. Holy That's disgusting, shit. crazy. Yeah, Taylor said to throw in a 12 pack spotted cow. Done. <laughs> yes. Take all of our problems at one time. Yes. Yeah, Ruff, Ruff will be available later in the season, so he will potentially be um, an option at first base and against lefties. Um, Zach said Taylor and Winker need to go. Uh, I, I was done with Tyrone Taylor coming into this season. Me too. 
Um, like I'd rather see Sal Freelick in his position. And honestly, Blake Perkins has been a great fill in. Yes, um, and even Rymel Tapia, I'd rather see than Tyrone Taylor. Right. He like he was like an under the radar kind of pickup, like where it just kind of it just fit. I I still was like shocked why um why the Red Sox DFA'd him. Like I knew they had a log jam there, but I mean why not call around the league and see if you can get something for him, even cash. How did how did Julio Tehran fly under the radar too? That's my other like he had a five sixty two ERA in AAA. Mm-hmm. Right, but like, where do you where where did we decide that this was going to be this <laughs> what he is? I mean, it's the Brewers pitching lab. We're really good at pitching. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. Um, Zach, oh. as for Jesse Winker, I mean. There's really just no better alternative right now, unfortunately. Uh, I feel a thing that said the only the only player with a lower OPS that qualified than Jesse Winker was Cole Wong. Yep. It's uh, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to do there. I really don't. Uh, maybe when Darren Ruff is healthy, maybe he takes that spot. I just I don't know. I don't know, really know what to do with, with Jesse Winker. Um, just kind of keep it hoping for the best until guys get healthy, I guess. Um, Keston Hira is not on the 40-man roster, so somebody else would have to be moved off for Keston Hira to be put back on the 40-man roster and brought up to Milwaukee. So that, to me, just really isn't an option. But my last guy, another relief pitcher, shocking, uh, is Zach Jackson from the Oakland A's. Um, I can't imagine why the Oakland A's would want to be sellers this year, but you know, that's yeah. what it is. They only sold their whole franchise. Um, <laughs> Zach Jackson has only appeared in 19 games um, this season. Um, he is 28 years old. He does have a 250 ERA. His WHIP is a little high at 1556, um, and he does have a little bit of a walk. I wouldn't say problem, but um, he has five walks per nine innings this season, which is a little high. But if you go back to last season, um, he appeared in 54 games, had a 3.00 ERA, which is still pretty solid, uh, 1271 whip, which is better, um, and 6.2 walks per nine innings. So his walks are down. Um, So I do think he's another guy who is improving and would be a potential fit in that fifth to seventh inning area that middle relief um and he is arbitration eligible starting in 2025 all right can i share a piece of news like mid podcast i don't know if you guys have already talked about this but uh matt bush has agreed to a minor league deal with the rangers Rangers. i don't know if you talked about that that's hilarious Mm. yeah he went home lock him back up down there yeah uh, Literally, boom, boom. That experiment did not work. We'll just say that. Make him good and trade him to the Cubs. But I mean, we only <laughs> lost. I mean, if you look at that deal, we only lost Mark Mathias and Antoine Kelly. So I mean, yeah, Kelly looked good like right before he was traded, but I haven't heard anything about him since. You guys know who? A uh, little trivia for you. You know who is the best um, WAR of any player that we traded for last season? That we traded for last season? Yeah, or that we acquired. That we acquired last season. Oh God! Here it's we go. not Denilson Lamette because he was awful. Oh boy, gotta get the cobwebs out here. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll make it easy. Sounds Trevor like Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because he didn't play. He didn't play a oh. single game. So this is so therefore, he had the best zero. wins above replacement. Uh, Taylor brought up Asteri Ruiz. Yeah, probably Ruiz too. But <laughs> that played in Major League Baseball. We'll, we'll change that. Sorry. And the, on the subject of Ruiz, it's cool that he that he steals bases, but like there's way more to the game than that. Right. There's more to that. All righty, Jake. Who's your last guy? This guy needs to be a Brewer because he's he's pretty good. Uh, Randall Grishik. Grishik. He's an oh. outfielder from the Rockies. Um, he's a free agent after the season, so he'd be a rental right now, you know, kind of earn your money. But right now he is earning his money. Um, a 289 average, that'd be first on our team. A 353 on base percentage, that'd be third on the Brewers right now. A 443 slugging percentage, that would be second on the Milwaukee Brewers right now. And a 797 OPS would be tied for second on the Milwaukee Brewers right now. So this guy would add major value. Um, he could play a little bit outfield. And who am I replacing him with? Tyron Taylor, please just ship him in a box. I don't care how big the box is. Just get him the hell off of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm not a fan of him. I think Grishik would be a tremendous add to this team. Um, I think I think if we traded for Randall Grishik, he would essentially take Brian Altapia's job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Which, whatever, this guy hits, 290. So, <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> All right, Eric, who's your last guy? Uh, this guy is only fitting to the Milwaukee Brewers in probably name only. Uh, and you he, he's under the radar. You may have never heard of him. Uh, designated hitter, first baseman, Seth Beer. I knew that's where you were going when you said he has to be a Brewer. <laughs> he does. I mean, there is some point in time where they have to make this happen. And why not now? Why not? Why not put beer on the Brewers? To to reference your hat, the Angels drafted a guy yesterday. His name is Caleb Ketchup. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> the, the Angels also drafted a guy from the Madison Mallards. Oh, really? yeah, for, in like the the ninth round or something like that. So I thought that was pretty sick. There's um oh my gosh, one of the Doc Spiders actually had a major league debut. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but. Uh, obviously, I live in Fond du Lac, so Fond du Lac Doc Spiders are my uh, my home Northwest or Northwoods League team. So nice. Huh. They had a guy actually. They had this guy, and his name was uh, Chandler Simpson. Uh, fantastic name. He stole the record. He stole like sixty bases when I was working for them that season, and it was it was crazy. Um, and I was like, he's just fast. I he I, he got drafted. I just don't know where he ended up. And I'm I'm gonna ask you guys a question now that we kind of wrap this this up here. What do you guys honestly? What do you think? What do you think that the brewer that I shouldn't say the Brewers Major League Baseball needs to do with this draft and the process to make this faster? I mean, I know for years we've had a minor league system, but. I feel no interest in any names that they listed here until I hear that they're tearing it up. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't into the draft the other night. I don't know if you guys watched it, but like, I just don't feel an interest, you know? So my very first thing, and I've been thinking this since Sunday, 
They need to move the draft to the offseason. Yeah. It needs to be in the offseason. Yep. Do you want people to be excited about baseball when baseball is not happening? You need to move this draft to to January or at, at worst December. Um, the only thing going on is winter meetings. So there's not a lot of exciting things going on in baseball world um, while you're waiting for free agency to start. So to me, to, to increase the interest in the draft, um, it needs to, the draft needs to be moved to the offseason. And honestly, I mean, you know, hi. Uh, I feel like there was just players, like these players, like, okay, I, I don't know a guy from Wake Forest. I don't know a guy from Clemson. I don't know any. I'm not going to know any names. There's too many levels. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that with it being during the season, like nobody wants to go watch baseball, college, high school highlight when the MLB is currently going on. Right. That's one of the things that makes us so excited about draft prep for the NFL is like, all right, we're excited. We're getting ramping up to draft season. That means the season is going to be starting soon. That means we'll get to start training camp and OTAs. Camp and like that gets us excited for the start of the next season. Draft being in the middle of the season, like it's it's the back burner to everything else that's going on. With what happened? Oh. oh, no. Sorry, she was looking from nap and she wanted dad. So that's okay. Here, here. The take this one. Go, go this play. Okay? Kid friendly podcast. Ooh, okay, go play. Um, the the other the other question I have for you guys, I, I maybe maybe you talked about the All Star game in the beginning of the show. Yep. Um, but do you feel like we're 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 so much more? I listen to podcasts all day, so I hear it. But do you feel like we're so much more hype about the home run derby than we are the All Star game? Like. I don't know if it's just something with the 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 format that it is or the fact that the AL's been good for so many years, but like as a fan of National League players, like and the National League team, I'm like kind of eh on it. I was more hyped for the World Baseball Classic than I was the All-Star game. I'll and I feel like that's broken in a way. I think that the marketing for baseball hypes up the Hypes up the the home run derby, just like the basketball hypes up the slam dunk contest. So I feel like it gets more hype around it. Although the actual game is better, in my opinion. Um, the home run derby is cool. I mean, it's, it was a lot cooler when I was like ten years old. Um, but you know, now I mean, it's, it's just guys that are just really strong hitting the ball really far. Oh, oh, sorry. Here. Here, take that one. I don't know. I think baseball needs to figure out something to make the all-star game itself more entertaining. Um, whether it be every every five baseball is one that's corked and it's gonna fly and you don't know when that baseball is coming. Like it'd be it'd be funny to watch to just see, like, okay, this is the random baseball. And, and you can see it on the screen, but the pitcher that's throwing the ball doesn't know it. Yeah. And he would just throw it in the dirt or something like that. Right. But like like something random like that, so that like people want to tune in. It's not just another baseball game that just has all the big names in it. So to me, I would say it needs it needs an added element of of something different than a regular baseball game. Hmm. 
Maybe it's I actually like that idea. I, I like that idea. I, I do too. Loaded or something like that. Like it's it's got to be something random that makes it more interesting than just like I said, just a regular baseball game. Because there's 162 of those every year. You can let one guy use a metal bat. <laughs> you have to put oh. a bat in front of the pitcher. I know they would probably die if they got hit with it, but dude, right. that would be disgusting. Well, and, and that's the other thing. Like, okay, that moment at the end of the WBC and any game you watched with Japan, mm-hmm. um, Trout versus Otani is probably the signature moment in the best baseball game that I have seen this year. Um, I would put that above, you know, a lot of the games that have been played. And I don't know that it'll rank, that there will be a moment that'll rank above that in the playoffs. You know, I can't see a matchup right now. That would get better than that because the, the, here's the other divide that I think we're, we're we're missing in baseball is like when you put these guys in the All Star game, most of them opt out and don't want to play it because it's supposed to be their time off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like all those guys that played in the WBC wanted to play in that WBC. I didn't. I wasn't following with you guys at the time of the WBC, so I don't know what your thoughts were on it. But one of the things that was huge in that was. Every guy had a desire and just loved the game and wanted to wanted to play something that means something for their country. Right. I think that's where the difference comes in is you're playing for the country. You know, you're you're playing for Team Mexico versus playing for Team National League. You're like quite literally playing for the team in the front and not the name on the back at that point, right? Right. So guys, I mean, just look at the Olympics, man. People take a lot of pride in that stuff. So I, I can understand the passion. I mean, Sal Frelick. I just I need <laughs> it. Team, team Italy was perfect. Dude, I freaking need it so bad in my life. Like just freaking bring this guy up so I could just go like this on a show right. every week, you know? Like damn. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I've been on bring the Sal Frelick hype train for two years now. Man, I just I'm a simple man to please. Just allow me to go like this on Wednesdays, and I'm cool. Do you think he's? Do you think he's next up? Do you think he's in in line to be next up if we get an injury? No. At, position Probably players, yes. Probably a if we're just talking players in general, I think it's a close tie between him and Robert Gosser. I could see Gosser. I could see Gosser. Um, depending on situation. If, if too. it gets to September and we are free from any more injuries, I think those two guys would be your September call-ups. I can see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I feel like we don't need to sell in in the end of this. I don't think we need to sell off anything. I think we've actually got probably the strongest future we've had. Um, and I think we you, you guys talked about it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe this is in my imagination. But with with Going in without contracts, without extensions, with Woody, Burns, and Adamas next season, we we have unlimited potential, better than than we did this year. Because you've got, you know, you're going to have Freelick that's got some time. You're going to have Garrett Mitchell's going to come back to the majors. You're gonna you're going to have Contreras. So you've got most of your core positions already locked up. You're going to have two ring at second base. Okay. Is it? Is it? Do you think there's a potential for him to go to third? Terang? Yeah, I don't think so because they they moved him from shortstop to second base because he doesn't have quite the arm strength. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
So I'm look. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Terang is going to be stick uh, sticking at second base. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but I, like, I did pull like it up because I was writing an article for it. But uh, the Brewers currently going into the 2023 season have the 15th ranked farm system, which is higher than they've been in recent memory. I can't think of a, a year any time recently where they were anything but in the 20s. Well, now they have five top 100 prospects because yeah. Tyler Black just entered the conversation as number 100. Yep. And there's only two teams that have more top 100 prospects, and that's the Dodgers and the Orioles. And two of the Orioles guys are going to graduate here pretty soon. So yep. they'll they'll be down to seven. The Dodgers have eight. The Dodgers and the Orioles both have eight. So uh, the Brewers are at five, have the third most in all of baseball. So they're in a they're in a very, very good spot. Uh, Murawski is going to be terrifying when he got the uh, Brewers uh, pitching lab gets a hold of him. He is going to be terrifying. He's already terrifying. So He's throwing good. 102 and then an 88 mile an hour slider. Like it's gonna be so good. You better pray to God, uh, Ellie Dan Cruz, because you had your highlight against them. Uh, we gotta go see him soon before We're he gets coming. promoted. Appleton. Oh, yeah, we gotta go see him before he gets Little promoted. Podcast road trip. I mean, um, dude, I'm like. Freaking 15 minutes away, so you know I'm down. <laughs> Wait. I'm in Kakana. Oh, shoot. And you're in Kiel, right? Nope. Uh, we grew up in Kiel. I'm in Chivago. Oh, you... we grew oh up in okay. Yeah, oh, shoot. In... He's in Chivagas. Yeah, let's okay. do it. All righty. Anything else you guys want to say on trade targets? No. All righty. Eric, appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us and talk about some trades, uh, some good stuff, some interesting names that'll be fun to uh, fun to flesh out a little bit more as the trade deadline approaches. The Brewers will be back on Friday night, as will Jake and I. Jake and I are going to be joined by Simon and Bryant on Friday night. We're going to be talking about what we're looking for from Jordan Love's development in yes. 2023. And then we are drafting our favorite Green Bay Packers by jersey number, similar to the bonus episode that Jake and I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going 0 through 10, yes. uh, 0 through 9, at 10 through 19, so on and so forth. Each of us are going to pick two. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, living some nostalgia, some old guys, some guys we haven't thought of in a long time. And that will be Friday night, so join us for that. And if uh, you want some more Brewers content, definitely check out Eric on Miller Park Minute. He's got uh, He does his shows just about every day after the games. So um, I do check his out if you want, if you want Brewers content a little more frequently than every Wednesday that Jake and I bring it our weekly recaps, but we will be back Friday night and next Wednesday talking about more Brewers. So I will see you then. All right. Take care, fellas. You guys have a great. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.